ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome on in. Hour 2 of Orange Nation on ESPN Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM, 121440 AM, 96.5 out in Utica. Jordan Capozzi in for Pauly, Steven Fonte, Mario Sacco to my left. Jay Giles band, the artist of the day. This one must have got lost. Hit number 12 on the charts off of their album, Nightmares and Other Tales from the Vinyl Joke. All right, we kick off hour number two by going to the guest line, bringing on our first guest today, a former CNS North star, now a sophomore at Virginia Tech. Uh, Giovanni Heater joining us. Uh, he'll be uh, working the Syracuse Vatech game uh, tomorrow. Uh, Gio, always great to talk to you. Uh, how are things? Been a while since we last spoke. Yeah, yeah. Great to hear from you guys. Uh, things are great down here. Uh, hoping we can string together a couple of uh, basketball wins on the tech side of things. But uh, looking forward to break this thing down. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, both these teams are thinking that, right? I mean, both these teams need to string together some wins. We'll get into this matchup in a moment. But I guess let's start with the return of Hunter Couture because that's one thing that has changed since the last time these two teams played. Syracuse got him uh, inside the Dome. There was no Hunter Couture. We thought he was coming back that night. Didn't play. Uh, Syracuse ended up winning by 10, and and since he's been back, he's been back for the last three. They played Virginia very close, uh, played Clemson. I mean, led them at the half, and and Clemson came back and and won by a point and then beat Duke. Uh, So they're playing better with him in the lineup. What does Hunter Couture mean to this Virginia Tech team? Well, he's everything. Uh, First of all, a huge leader. I mean, he's Mike Young's favorite player, but I think the biggest difference, a lot of people want to talk about uh, his dominant three-point shooting and what he brings on the offense, which is great, but um, he is your best backcourt on-ball defender. Um, this Virginia Tech defense is not even close to the same without him. Uh, Mike Young's going to go ahead and put him on Syracuse's best guard. Uh, whoever has the hot hand, whether he puts him on Judah or he puts him on uh, Joe Girard, I'd expect him probably to be on Judah uh, just because of his quickness and his speed to get to the 10. Uh, but that, that's the biggest difference without Hunter Couture is uh, you're losing your best defender when you don't have him in the ballgame. When you looked at that game uh, last time they played in the Dome, um, you know, the Virginia Tech dominated inside, 26 and 21 uh, points out of their big men, but they shot three of 19 from behind the arc. How do you see this one shaking out? Do you see more of a, you know, a, a three-point barrage and, and, and or an inside game in Virginia Tech trying to pound it inside to Mutz? You know, it's, it's interesting because – that's such a fluke to go three and nineteen from from beyond the arc doesn't happen that often. You really got to have an off night for that to happen. Uh, and they did that without Couture, who's one of their better three point shooters. With that being said, uh, I believe it was the last game against Duke. If not, it was the game before that. But I'm pretty sure it was the Duke game where they shot fifty uh, percent from beyond the arc, close to it. Or it might have been Virginia. That's not going to happen either, right? You're not going to shoot fifty percent, but you're also not going to shoot as low as three of nineteen. Um, so if they can find that sweet spot and start to get their groove from beyond the arc, I think it'll certainly help. But um, you know, Joe can shoot the lights out. Uh, Chris Bell can shoot the lights out as well. So uh, I think if Tech wants to win this game, they're going to have to find a way to score inside on Jesse um, because he definitely can't rely on the three-point shot. You know, this is a Virginia Tech team that that obviously got off to a slow start in conference play, uh, but they're still 55th in the net rankings, and they they seem to be getting more healthy now. They play very well at home. Uh, What is the thinking down there in terms of what this team needs to do from here on out to make the NCAA tournament? You know, the, the conversation has kind of been, 
a number something around eight and three, maybe seven and four in your last 11. That's kind of what the target is. The schedule is tough. Uh, you still got to go on the road at Duke. Yes, you just beat them at home, but you know, playing at Cameron's a whole different ball game. Uh, you get Virginia at home. Um, you still have to play uh, Syracuse another time, who obviously has been good. So uh, it definitely doesn't get easier. They have to play Miami twice. They have yet to play Miami yet, and they get them twice. Um, if you can go seven and four, eight and three, luckily their non-conference helped them so much, and that was the difference between this year and last year. They did not have a very strong non-conference last year. This year um, they do, which is why somehow after you know that that tough start to conference play, they're still um, you know. 55th in the net and in the conversation for the NCAA tournament. Joe Lenardi didn't even have them out of the picture in that, uh, you know, next four out. He didn't even have them out of that until they had lost to Virginia two games ago. So um, they're still in that talk, but it's definitely go time. The weird thing is last year at this exact time, this week last year, they had the same exact conference record, and then they went on that run. Um, so it's definitely possible, but uh, and and everything's in front of them as far as opportunities go. But they got to play some of the conferences best. Joe Girard had 24 points in that game uh, against Virginia Tech, and you know I took advantage of, of Padula guarding him a couple of times, backing him down, shooting over him. How old do you think? First off, do you think Couture will, will be guarding him, and how do you think Virginia Tech will handle with, with Mintz and Girard uh, with their guards? You know, I think it depends what lineup is on the court. And like I said, who has the hot hand? If I had to pick, I bet to start the game, they actually stick Couture on Mint. But then if Joe starts making a couple of shots, um, you know, then they might make that switch. Uh, they're also going to have to play up. And that's something that they don't necessarily have to do all the time. Um, Padula's getting better. He's starting to figure it out defensively. He had a tough outing in Virginia, uh, in Charlottesville. Uh, Kihei Clark kind of kind of took advantage of him a lot in that game as well. But, you know, he's starting to find his stride a little bit. That's a gap of a four-year difference there between a sophomore and, and a fifth-year in Kihei Clark. So if I had to guess, though, it's going to be uh, Mintz um, who will be guarded by Couture to start, and then they might have to make that change. You know, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on the end of that Duke game because, you know, Syracuse just had a situation, uh, as you probably saw the other night against North Carolina, Judah Mintz was called for a flagrant foul um, in, in the final 10 seconds. It was, you know, unintentional, but his elbow uh, hit R.J. Davis in the nose. He's called for a, not only an offensive foul, but a flagrant one, and it essentially sealed the game. You go back to that Virginia Tech-Duke game, and there was, you know, an unintentional, um, you know, there was contact made with Kyle Filipowski's throat on a celebration on the game-winning shot. They didn't call it a flagrant foul, and Vatek ended up winning. Just curious to get your thoughts on, I guess, those two calls, and in, in particular what happened at the end of that Duke game, and if you think the refs got it right. Yeah, I mean, I watched both games, and uh, in a lot of ways, I think, to be honest, Tech got away with one big time, especially after seeing what happened to Syracuse uh, the next night against North Carolina. I don't th- honestly, you know, I don't think the refs got it right. When you look in, in retrospect, that probably should have been a flagrant one, which in that case, it very well could have been the same situation Syracuse faced, and Tech could have lost that game because you're talking about a possible four point swing. Um, Obviously, it wasn't intentional, but the rule is it doesn't have to be intentional. If there's that contact, um, then it doesn't necessarily have to be intentional. If it was, it would have been a flagrant, too. He definitely didn't mean to. 
He apologized. He talked about after he felt terrible in the press conference, uh, or it wasn't necessarily a press conference, just conversations in the hall with some of the Virginia Tech media, um, just talking about how, you know, he really, he was turning around to, you know, swing his fist and uh, celebrate. And, yeah, he, and for lack of a better term, he kind of punched Filipowski right in the throat. And um, I think Tech got away with one because that definitely could have gone the other way. We talked about, uh, Gio, what Syracuse has to do coming down the stretch here. They got 10 games left, and we're looking at, you know how many quad games that they have an opportunity uh, to win for Virginia Tech, and you look at them, two and seven in league play. And you talked about, you know, yeah, it was good out of conference, but they still are two and seven in league play. What do you think Virginia Tech has to do coming down this stretch to be considered a tournament team? I think they got to win games. I mean, I mentioned that number either eight and three, seven and four, depending on who your losses are. But I think it starts with beating the teams you are supposed to beat. You know, Tech can't let Boston College come in here and beat them a second time. If, if you do, you kind of have to kiss the, the NCAA tournament goodbye at that point. Uh, because on top of beating the teams you're supposed to beat, you're going to have to pull off a couple that maybe you're not supposed to. And that, that includes uh, either a home win or a road win against Miami. That includes uh, beating Virginia in, in Castle Coliseum, which is a home game for Tech. Uh, or going on the road at Duke. So I think it starts with, you know, beating Georgia Tech, uh, beating Notre Dame, beating Boston College, the teams that are quote-unquote lesser quality than you uh, as far as the net rankings go, and taking care of that business first. All right, Gio, let's uh, let's look ahead to this matchup now. Uh, what, what does this game come down to tomorrow night? Who wins t- tomorrow night and why? Ah, oh, geez. You know, that's such a tough question. I, I'm going to say Tech wins it, and the only reason I say that is because, one, it's hard to beat a team twice. Two, they can give Syracuse a look that they didn't see before with Hunter Couture in the ball game. Uh, and three, you know, I think Castle Coliseum is one of the more underrated spots in the ACC. Um, it's an arena that is very steep. It's old. It's completely built out of concrete. It just gets loud in there, and it's a, it's a Saturday night. Um, the place is going to be packed. It's a sellout. It'll be a lot of fun. For that reason, I think it's just tough to go and win on the road. If it was at the Dome, I'd tell you Syracuse is going to win. Uh, but I think that, that different look with Hunter Couture could give Syracuse a little bit of trouble early. Um, and if Virginia Tech can find a way to have a good shooting night, which they typically do, um, that Syracuse game was certainly an outlier. Um, I, I think that Tech can find a way to get a win. But it'll certainly be close. Um, I'm looking at, you know, a 75, 72, that kind of scoring range, uh, uh, a close win. Well, if Virginia Tech scores 75, then they're going to win. That, that's what's happened with Syracuse this year. If they hold their opponents that's under the, 72, the lucky number that's, 72, that is the lucky number. Anything above 72, right. the opponent's been winning. So that is that is a number to keep your eye on. Uh, Gio, thanks so much for coming on. Continued success down there, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game. All right, you as well. Giovanni Heater joining us here on the show. And, yeah, that's that's been the number this year. If uh, the opponent gets to 72, Syracuse has lost. And if they can keep them under 72, they, they've had success. So that that's something to keep your eye on. Yes, Jordan? It's game number 38 for the Syracuse Crunch tonight, Steve. Crunch Comets right here on these airwaves. 7 p.m. with Lucas Favalli. If you want to hit us up on QSportsTalk.com, Newhouse at night, Nico Horning and Max Gifford, 6 to 7 p.m., Liam Griffin and Jordan Leonard. I like his name a lot. 7 to 8 p.m. That's only on QSportsTalk.com. Crunch on the radio. Newhouse at night on QSportsTalk. Have a night tonight. Lehigh is the only team to get to 72. Oh, no, Syracuse won that game. So it's anything over 72. It's 72. It's anything over 72. Um, Syracuse has not won a, a, a game. 
uh, when the opponent scores 73 or more. So let's uh, let's hit a timeout here. 315-437-7644. John Ryan coming up in about 20 minutes. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. 